Where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think. Problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection. They all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, backing in with Ronnie Feldman for another episode of Creativity and Compliance. Uh, as we are recording this on Friday the 13th, uh, sorry, all you Jason fans, he is uh, in uh, self-quarantine today because of <laughs> coronavirus. We thought we might talk a little bit about uh, some of the strategies we might use for employees working remotely. So, Ronnie, uh, first of all, uh, welcome, and how are things in Chicago? Well, it's a, I imagine it's like the rest of the country. It's like everybody's on lockdown. Um, I have the pleasure of working from home quite frequently um, and looking out the window, and I, it just seems it seems – it seems like a desert out there, although I have all sorts of friends saying like how there's hordes of people at the Costco and stuff like that. So it sort of defeats the purpose, right? They're all getting together to hoard their materials and they're all together. Ronnie, it turns out that independently we were both thinking along the lines of a similar issue, which is uh, I think most of America is going to be moving to working remotely uh, at least for two weeks, probably four weeks and perhaps even longer. And how can the compliance professional, the chief compliance officer, and the um, compliance function continue to both provide training and uh, ongoing communications? You had a few events, I think, or a few uh, uh, gigs canceled due to the coronavirus. So I know you've been thinking about it. What uh, kind of were you thinking? It's interesting because you and I have circled around this idea for a while, but I want to talk about it in terms of a specific issue that that we're dealing with in my company and that's um, and this is happening in real time and that we, we often perform um, in addition to the videos that, that learnings and entertainments creates, we do live events and we were scheduled to um, produce a live variety show for the ethics office of one of my clients at their big product launch meeting in two weeks, which has been Corona canceled. Um, so, um, the, the main point of that event was their uh, branding, their ethics office. Their, this is a relatively new company, so it's they're branding it, but a lot of companies try and rebrand the ethics office as helpful, friendly, welcoming, approachable. So the whole point of this event was we were taking an hour within the context of this three-day meeting and producing a Colbert-style variety show with the idea of highlighting who they are what's important to them, that they're cool and interesting people that you can come talk to and highlighting a couple specific risk areas. Okay. So that's the backdrop. That thing gets canceled and these poor guys have just uh, blown a lot of money on an event that can't happen. So I was on the phone with them the other day strategizing about how can we achieve the same goal to a workforce that is not going to be getting together anytime soon. Okay. Long backdrop back to our point. So we've been talking about turning this into an audio podcast. Um, This is not an overly original idea. You and I have been doing podcasts for a long time. But I think the relatively new idea about this is to use the podcast form as a way to reach employees with critical information in an entertaining format. Uh, Let me just pause and get your reactions and then we can kind of walk through some of the ways we might do it. 
Well, Ronnie, uh, I think it's a great idea. I wrote a blog post today on utilizing uh, a pod internal corporate compliance podcast for ongoing compliance communications. Obviously, communications and training are both one hallmark of the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program. Ongoing compliance training is uh, mandatory under any formulation of a compliance program. And utilizing the podcast format, I think, is uh, not only very useful, uh, efficient, uh, cost-effective, but also something people enjoy simply because it's it's really one of the newer formats, although you might caution me that radio's been around for 100 years. Uh, people still don't view podcasts in quite the way they, they view radio, and I think in many ways uh, people are interested in digesting information now from the audio format. I certainly find that to be true. Yeah, well, and, and this all dovetails back into a topic we've talked about a lot, which is if you want employees to uh, listen to any kind of compliance or ethics information, you got to make it interesting. Um, so if it's just the compliance officer reminding people of policies, you know, you're going to have a hard time getting people to listen to that unless you make it mandatory. And, um, but if you're trying to make these topics interesting and approachable, there's a lot of interesting things we can pull from radio to, to make a podcast, uh, something that employees will not only engage in, but can learn from, so take my live variety show, um, and again, we're working on this in real time to turn it into an audio podcast for my client. Um, but that show was was going was going to be it's all written <laughs> in cast uh, a, a song opening song about uh, the ethics compliance office, uh, and it's, we've written it specific to their brand. But it's it's a nice uh, poppy tune about uh, ethics compliance being helpful. And how weird is it that we're thinking about it? Okay, opening that. And then we have an opening monologue because we have a host. Um, and then we welcome a guest. And the guest is their ethics officer. And we're going to spend a few minutes getting to know her. So anyway, these are things that translate really well to the audio format. A little snappy song, a little opening monologue, and a short interview with getting to know our guest. Now, the other things that we were we plan to do for this variety show is what we would call desk bits top 10 list, a fake commercial. Um, so those are the other things that also could translate. You could do a short commercial for the helpline. You could do a short commercial for the ethics office. You could do a short commercial promoting conflicts of interest. Obviously the opposite of that, but it'd be really funny to have a commercial going brought to you by conflicts of interest, uh, getting people in trouble for thousands of years, you know, um, Right. Uh, so anyway, those are like little short things. But the the bulk of a podcast is usually a conversational di uh, dialogue, not a monologue, a dialogue between two people. So my suggestion is that you um, wrap some of these interesting elements around a dialogue around a particular risk area or about uh, the issues. You chop them up into short increments um, you can even we had some sketches that we had written to highlight uh, some of some risk areas, but those can be like a radio play. Um, you know, back in the day, like a, a, a staged reading. And I think that's really interesting. You can stylize it. Um, uh, you know, we, you and I were chatting about another project I'm working on, uh, like a, a, a Sam Spade detective thing. It could be like there I was in my office and my cousin showed up looking for a job. 
you know, like you find a way to, uh, with my bad acting aside, to turn it into a fun, interesting, listenable story, followed by an interview with the ethics officer to talk about what the reality is of that issue and why it's important. So uh, I hope you will acknowledge that, yes, I was right in our last podcast. It's not simply fun. It's entertaining. And this sounds to me incredibly entertaining. But let me just take it a step further with each one of the points you've laid out. With just a little bit of editing, they could be sliced and diced for 30 to 60 to perhaps 90 second individual pieces that can then could be repurposed uh, literally by the compliance function uh, as communications, ongoing communications uh, as well. So it seems to me, Ronnie, I think you're really on to something. I really love the idea of the live variety show. Uh, as a um, really just a learning tool. And that could be, you know, somehow designated, not somehow, but specifically designated as your educational moment. And then you wanted to slice and dice them or split them up or use them. And then as ongoing communications, you might have, you know, 10, 12, 15 different deliverables for the client so that, uh, or rather the, you know, compliance function, and they could use them in a variety of ways. And as I said at the start, extraordinarily cost-effective. Yeah, it, it, well, so you mentioned a couple of things here that I want to echo or augment. Um, um, and that's one is it, it is a very efficient way to make content because obviously you don't have the expense of video. And you also can record as we are doing from two different locations and you can make the audio quality fine. And with um, some minor production level, like maybe perhaps recording a song or or doing some other things with some voiceover actors, it doesn't take a whole lot to make it feel like a, sh- a show. Um, so from an efficiency standpoint, it's a great way to, to create customized content. Um, the other thing that you mentioned, though, is uh, I love the idea of breaking this up into a series. So, for instance, the, um, the live show that we were doing, an hour is a nice increment for that live experience, but way too long for a podcast. So we can easily uh, chop that up into what's probably going to be a series of short 10-minute segments that will contain probably four elements, a fun song (laughs) or an opening, right? (laughs) Uh, uh, A desk bit, which would be a top 10 list or a, a monologue or some introduction to what this is. And, uh, and, a piece of stimulus to get into a subject matter. So the stimulus could be a scene or, or again, that top 10 list or that commercial, uh, and then an interview with your subject matter expert. Um, so we can actually probably record 30 minutes of interview and, and get three episodes out of that. Um, and again, it doesn't take that much time. And then, as you say, you roll this out as a series, it becomes a branded series and back to the main point this is a way to communicate with people on a very personal level without leaving your home. <laughs> you know, it used to be people listen to podcasts in their cars. They're going to be listening to them at home now. Um, so that's why I'm very bullish on this idea, particularly given this very interesting, weird place and time that we're in um, where we don't know how much longer we're going to be uh, sequestered. Packed a lot into that, Ronnie. And, uh, I was at a podcast conference this past weekend, and I went to a production uh, workshop. Two producers said we have uh, between eighty and ninety speaking parts in our in our podcast, and I immediately identified this was not have anything to do with me. Um, 
because my podcast are people like me and you. Um, but the, the point was they, uh, you know, they just did it just like a, a television or, or a radio show production. And with your production background, um, it would seem to me to be just uh, really something and more importantly, unique. So that leads me to want to ask you, how did you come up with this idea? You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, it comes from a couple of different things. Um, banging around my head for a while, uh, just in the in terms of looking for creative ways to reach people who who aren't always sitting in front of a computer. Um, so the large distributed workforces, you know, the manufacturing environments, the the sales teams all around the world, and um, I have some clients that that don't, you know, they have a large population not sitting from the computer. So how do you get content to them um, without doing an e-learning? So you and I've talked about this a lot, like let's find ways to reach people in other ways. So audio is a natural way, uh, a way to reach people. So, um, so it started, it started that way. Um, even back in my second city days, 10 years ago, we, we had started to, play around with this format. Um, it would be usually for sales training. We would create these little like sales training videos, but they would be not, excuse me, not videos, but like uh, CDs, you know, you'd make CDs for the sales reps to listen to them in the car. Um, but then the whole podcast revolution has ha- happened over the last several years. And then you and I started talking and, and that's what really started me making me put a product idea around it. Like how do we shape it? Um, and to me, it's a really natural progression for how do you reach people that are in front of a computer? How do you do it more efficiently and cheaply um, than, sh- than shooting videos? Because a lot of companies want to do all this stuff, but they don't have the budgets. So to me, this this solves a lot of problems. It's in, it's inexpensive. It's easy to do. It's personal. Um, and you can reach people who uh, in, in different ways than you could have before. Do you have a live performance background? Well, not a successful one, <laughs> but yeah, I did perform for about uh, ten years with a sketch and improv comedy troupe um, in a theater company. Yes. So, within that context, uh, uh, would you have uh, kind of a show sketched out or some other format you would go through, you know, in television and call it A, B, C, and D segment, anything like that? Yeah, and some of it I've touched on already. Like a, we would call it a, a, a nice show flow, and really what we're doing is just borrowing from what you see. Um, just look at uh, I always reference Colbert because he's a he's a Second City alum that, that I'm a fan of. Um, but any of those variety shows, uh, back to the Letter, Letterman Schaefer. We actually I, I have some colleagues who are really great at um, uh, I don't know what to call it other than the Paul Schaefer effect, like the keyboardist sidekick. Um, I have access right. to several of those uh, friends of mine who are really great at that. So you, I tend to think like, all right, co-hosts, one with music and one with uh, a personality. And the value of that is is not just for entertainment, but it, it takes the freight of the entertainment off your guest, which let's just say is the compliance officer in this case. That allows them to just be themselves and just to naturally have a conversation and then we can handle the freight of keeping energy up and making it interesting. Um, and then, you know, you watch those shows. They, they, they cut away to a, a fake commercial. They cut away to a little desk bit. They do this top 10 list. They have a little musical thing. So all we're doing is really borrowing that, what, what exists in entertainment today 
and applying it to these very serious issues in, you know, in that way. So it's listenable. We were both scheduled to attend the ECI 2020 Impact Conference. Uh, it's currently scheduled for the end of April, and my suspicion is that it will be canceled. But one of the keynote speakers, Ronnie, is a lawyer named Lee Kuzenberry. And Lee is a lawyer in San Antonio, and he and his wife are both uh, Broadway theater aficionados, specifically musicals. And about 25 years ago, they started doing ethics musicals for lawyers and have developed that into a nationwide event. And they were going to demonstrate that for us in the E&C space at uh, ECI 2020, Impact 2020. Um, So that would have been interesting for you to see and really uh, take the ideas you have and kind of meld that with, uh, with what they're doing. The, uh, I really think you're onto something. And I think this is the, in every crisis, there's an opportunity, obviously, and there's an opportunity for creativity and the creativity that you've shown and demonstrated, I think with this idea is really a direction that certainly, uh, I have not seen anyone in the podcast space take for education. Obviously there are, um, shows, podcast shows like this, but nobody's really using it, as you've suggested, really as an educational component. Yeah, well, uh, I'll give a couple of plugs. The, the group you're talking about, I think it's called Ethics Follies, who I've heard about them for a while, um, uh, but I've not seen them, so I was looking forward to seeing them. And then to plug for for uh, my own company, we, in addition to that, we also produce um, live shows, let's say, uh, custom written shows around ethical themes that's usually written around using our sketch comedy actors and musicians and things like that. Um, so I, I was having a nice chat with the ECI folks about that. I was like, ah, if this goes well, you, you know, we can, we can create something fun for next year. But anyway, back to the point of uh, wrapping up the podcast idea. I, I appreciate you, you, uh, pushing that idea forward because we're, as you say, uh, the necessity is pushing us in that direction. And I think it's an idea that is a winnable one for a lot of reasons. And we're really looking forward to starting to produce more of these uh, for our clients just to help get the message out in a friendly, fun way and to do so in a way that doesn't require everybody to get up and go to the office. So if you are Corona canceled, what you should do? Well, after you finish listening to this podcast, you should call Ronnie Feldman. And you should ask him about his live variety E and C live show. Ronnie, uh, this has been a fascinating podcast. And frankly, I can't wait to see what we can come up with next. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.